0: Hello and welcome to Kennedy Classics. I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Please visit our ministry website at djkm.org. You can find all kinds of great digital, audio, video, and print resources. For many people, there seems to be a common fascination with the justice system. Courtroom scenes in both movies and television are filled with drama and suspense, keeping the audience on the edge of their seat. Recently, the infamous O.J. Simpson was granted parole, and many were waiting in anticipation to hear the verdict, just as they did 22 years ago, when he was on trial for murder. Why is it, do you think, that we have this strange fascination with the legal system? When we're watching the drama of the courtroom, Oftentimes we are watching a person's life, hanging in the balance of the scales of justice. And since humans are in a fallen state and sinful, sometimes we see justice carried out, and other times we see justice subverted. The interesting thing is when we see justice subverted, we become filled with anger. That is because we have a law written on our hearts that tells us what is right and what is wrong. All of which reminds us that there is only one bar of justice where the law will be perfectly applied and just judgments handed down. Are you ready for that day? Here is Dr. D. James Kennedy with his message, You Need a Lawyer.
1: The first and second chapters of the First Epistle of John. May we give our careful attention to the inspired word of our God. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not... And if any man sin, we have an Advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. May God speak to us today through this portion of his word, and may his name ever be praised. Amen. Well, now there is something fascinating about the courtroom. Many have watched the exploits of Perry Mason. There's something there that attracts almost hypnotically. Here, Issues of great moment are decided. Consequences of tremendous portent loom before us. Lives hang by a very thread. Fortunes and reputations teeter at the edge of the precipice of destruction. And many an accused has cowered before visions of guillotine and electric chairs and nooses and suffocating gas chambers. Yes, there's something terribly fascinating about a courtroom. And then there are the barristers, the lawyers, the defense counsel, and the prosecuting attorneys. There's something about them also that attracts, especially if they are noted ones. Occasionally, two of the giants of the field will clash, and it's almost like a clash of titans. You can imagine what it might have been like to have been there in that courtroom when Clarence Darrow and William Jennings Bryan had at each other. Or what would it have been like to have been at Westminster Hall when the great Edmund Burke fulminated against Warren Hastings, calling for his impeachment as head of India. Or the time that Daniel Webster responded to the almost impossible-to-confute statement of Calhoun concerning the right of states to annul the laws of the United States. It seemed that Calhoun's case was absolutely watertight and that there could be nothing said that could hold together the Union until the great, the mighty Daniel Webster stood to his feet and for six hours he thundered. As lightning bolts his words came and he carried the day. As long as the human Language is remembered. Those words will carry in the minds of men. But today I would talk to you about a higher case, a higher trial than any of these, than any case carried in any district or circuit or Supreme Court or ever handled by Congress or Parliament or even the trials of Nuremberg. I speak to you today of the greatest size when the book shall be opened and the final judgment of God shall be meted out, that dread tribunal of the eternal judge of the universe. I hope now that in your mind's eye you might look through the clouds of the future and see that glorious day when the throne is set and the great assize is opened, the books are unlatched, the accusations are read, the witnesses are called, the prosecution is ready, and the accused is brought before the bar of justice. And my friend, you are the accused. You are the defendant in this Greater asides, and I, as an agent of the court, am ordered to issue you this warning. You may be severely harmed by these proceedings. You need a lawyer. The court is to be called into session. All rise! The glorious and honorable Judge of all of the universe mounts his judgment throne, and the trial begins. The prosecuting attorney is none other than Justice himself, who stands now before the bar and fixes his eyes upon you, and then he speaks. Your Honor, the prosecution brings forth an indictment in ten counts against this accused. The ten counts of your holy law, which have been violated and transgressed, by this criminal criminal, against the high justice of heaven. And we call upon this court to issue that sentence which the facts shall make clear. And I call as my first witness the law itself, and with that A crash of thunder is heard like unto Sinai, and fingers of flame as lightning strikes the marble walls and engraves upon the stone the indictments one by one. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And justice proclaims, guilty, your honor, this man is guilty of having other gods. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to him. Guilty, your honor. Thou shalt not take his name in vain. Guilty, your honor. Thou shalt remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We find him guilty, your honor. And so through the ten counts of the indictment. And now perhaps you begin to see why I have declared that you need a lawyer. And Your Honor, for my last witness, I call to this chair the defendant himself, who now duly sworn stands before the court of heaven. O man, it is in the record that you have declared in time past that you have lived by the ten commandments of god and yet you have just seen that the law has borne witness to the fact that in thought and word and deed you have broken them all and therefore having thus made this claim this court charges you with hypocrisy and furthermore the savior whom you profess to believe Has plainly declared, Did not Moses give you the law, and none of you has kept it? Furthermore, according to the record, you have said in time, in the time of your life below, that you had done the best you could. Yes, I I said that, but is it true or is it not true that you made this statement? Well, I did say it, and yet the facts make it very clear that the statement was an unmitigated lie, that there is no category of your life in which you had done the best that you could. But who would defend such as you? But be still a moment, for now justice rises to give his summation to the court. Hear him as he speaks. The indictment Your Honor brought against this defendant in ten counts has been clearly sustained by the prosecution. He is plainly guilty of these and numerous other accusations. And it is the clear pronouncement of the law that the soul that sinneth shall surely die. And furthermore, Your Honor, I would call to the attention of the court the fact that these enactments which this defendant has broken are your own that it is your holy law which he has transgressed and trampled upon. And therefore, the prosecution finds that he is guilty, and therefore is deserving of death. The evidence is overwhelming. The case is incontrovertible. Heaven and earth, the world and conscience alike, concur in his guilt. Therefore, let the sword leap from its scabbard and let justice be served. Shall the sinner pass through the flames of Sinai unsinged? Let justice be done, I say. Let the sentence be pronounced and let this man die. Ah, my friend, your situation is dark. Your case is bleak indeed. In truth, you have needed a lawyer more than you knew. But who will you find to defend, ignoble you? Such a case as yours is quite obviously unwinnable. And furthermore, you have nothing with which to pay. Now it has sometimes been seen in human courts that when a defendant is too poor to pay, that some aspiring attorney may rise to defend him for naught. But who shall be so foolish as to attempt a defense in your case. Your guilt is overwhelming. Is there anyone? Ah, alas, there is none. Ah, but wait. Ah, yes, ah, yes, there stands one who now approaches the judgment throne. His face suffused with tears. His garments splattered with blood. It is the Son of God. It is Jesus of Galilee. It is the Redeemer of men. Ah, my friends, in truth, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. You have. A lawyer, your case begins to brighten, for surely there is none as able as he to handle your defense. But ah, how shall he turn back these accusations and overturn this evidence? But hush now, he speaks. Your Honor, I essay to take upon myself the defense of this man. And I would begin that defense by acknowledging that the accusations made against him are accurate and true, that he has, in fact, transgressed thy holy law and that in each particular of the indictment that he is guilty, that he has seared his conscience and sinned against that, he has indeed defamed my name as well. Ah, but, O holy God, I would call you to look at my tears, to number them shed for him, To look at the drops of my sweat, to look at the drops of blood which came forth at Calvary, and to know, O God, as thou dost all too well know, that they were shed for him. In truth, his hands have handled unholy things and done injustice but I present in evidence before this court my hands pierced for him. In fact, his mind has given home to unclean thoughts, and yet I present in evidence to this courtroom my pierced brow, which I endured for him. And of a truth, his feet have led him to places which have grieved our heart. And yet I present to this court my pierced feet, which were nailed to the cross for him. And I concur, O God, that the judgment which he condignly deserves is naught but wrath. But I would declare to this court that that wrath has been poured forth already. Like molten lava it fell upon me as I stood in his place and the penalty has been exacted in full. I declare to this Court that justice has already been served and that his death sentence has been carried out. And I declare further that justice would not be served by the repetition of that condemnation that to condemn his sins twice, once in me and again in him, would be the essence of injustice. And therefore, Your Honor, I ask, rather in the name of all that is just, I demand that the accusations against this man, my client, be henceforth dropped. The defense rests. And now, my friends, the judge ascends once more his judgment bench. The court is called again into session. Arise and hear the judgment of the holy judge of all the universe. A judgment that cannot be countermanded nor altered forever. A judgment which shall never be changed throughout all eternity. Hear him as he speaks. This court finds that there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Court adjourned. I am commissioned to warn you that those proceedings may be severely harmful to you and that you need a lawyer. May we pray. Thanks be unto God that we have an Advocate with the Father, even Jesus Christ the Righteous. We thank Thee, O Advocate of God, that Thou art more than able to plead our case. And we ask now that those who know Thee not those who may foolishly and vainly imagine that they can stand before the bar of thy justice and that they can stand up to the inexorable assault of righteousness as the claims are made against them and the indictments are read and the evidence is presented. O God, show them even now that there is no hope, that their case is settled already, that Thou hast declared it of old that we are condemned already, and help them, O God, to flee to Christ, that they may have an advocate in Him for that great day. In Jesus' name, amen. It's my hope and prayer that if you did not know Jesus Christ as your Savior when you began this program, you prayed that prayer with Dr. Kennedy just now, accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you did, we have a special gift that we'd like to send you. It's called Beginning Again. And in these pages, you'll learn how to read and study the Bible, even how to pray and tell others about the decision you've just made. It's yours when you write to our address or call our toll-free
0: number. Just ask for beginning again. God bless you. Dr. Kennedy brings to light the important truth that before God's bar of justice, we all need a lawyer. And not just any lawyer, we need an advocate who is holy and sufficient, one who paid the price for our sins, Jesus Christ. And on earth, God calls us to seek justice and correct oppression as a reflection of His perfect justice. Recently, we made an important decision regarding the Southern Poverty Law Center. In recent years, the SPLC has falsely been labeling organizations that promote a biblical view of marriage and sexuality as hate groups. That's exactly what they've done with D. James Kennedy Ministries, and the time has come to put a stop to that. A few weeks ago, in federal district court in Alabama, We filed a lawsuit against the Southern Poverty Law Center for defamation. In the wake of the recent protests in Charlottesville, numerous news organizations recently ran stories on so-called hate groups parroting the SPLC's designations. But in our case, it is simply false. Please, consider giving a donation to help us with this very expensive lawsuit. The SPLC, by their own account, has more than $300 million in assets. We cannot counter that without your help. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 888-332-3069. Or go online to djkm.org. We're also putting together a petition to Representative Trey Gowdy, who is chairman of the House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform. We're asking him to hold hearings on the Southern Poverty Law Center. Help us, please, with a generous donation to press this lawsuit against the SPLC and get your petition to Congressman Gowdy asking for hearings. You'll also be helping us continue the vital ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 1-1164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, Or call toll-free 888-332-3069. Or go online to djkm.org. We here at D. James Kennedy Ministries are standing for truth and defending your freedom. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time.
1: Today's program is available on DVD or audio CD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.